everyone you are listening to daisies.live shria mira and michael yes shria is back yet once again and we have a jam-packed episode for you guys because we're actually going to cover five different movies and tv shows we're going to start off with breathe into the shadows which was out on prime video we're going to switch to z5 and review mcqueer the story of a spy switch back to sony live and review thun of and then we're going to go to Netflix, give you Monica, Oh My Darling. And finally, for those of you who still fancy the theaters, we're going to give you Unchai. So if you guys have not noticed, we also have started putting up K-dramas, C-dramas, and all some great East Asian shows up on our Instagram as well. So be sure to head on over to at Daisy's Live Gram to check those out. Jessica does a fantastic review. And if you want to talk about it, feel free to leave comments. We will talk about it here as well. But for now, let's jump right in to Breathe Into the Shadows. This is a season two to a season one of Abhishek Bachchan's show. And we're going to talk about how basically season two just picks up where season one ended. The Ravan killer, he's in the mental asylum and he's there for about, I want to say like three years, I think. And everything's like totally fine while he's there. But then there's some other guy named Victor who's played by Naveen Kasturia and he helps the killer escape the asylum. And it basically just becomes this big case for the police department. And once again, we have our Kabir Sawan taking charge who's played by Amit Saad. So my personal thoughts on season two as someone who did not watch season one, I want to say um, Abhishek Bachchan apparently repeats his character and he just takes it up and he no longer plays two characters he's like basically or he no longer plays like one character with the mask he's essentially just doing playing these two characters holistically mm, um in the most recent times of Butchin's performances the types of shows that he chooses to partake in are just repetitive in nature like I never see the story or plot line ever be anything new I never see them be anything exciting and I didn't even watch season one to realize that season two didn't keep my interest. I think it's just because you follow the character, Naveen's character. He is the one who has the most development, but everyone else kind of starts to lay low in their in their stories. And it's like the script writers were just taking signature archetypes that they knew, you know, they were like, oh, this worked in season one or this has worked in the past for spy shows or um and no, sorry, not spy shows. But, um for like thriller shows and we're just going to go ahead and like feed off of these archetypes because they would put twists and turns and I would completely predict everything that was going to come I was like this like this is so predictable this is so boring like even if I couldn't predict it it wasn't anything surprising enough that I was like oh my gosh like I should probably talk about this with other people did you feel the same way Em? I didn't feel like anything was that exciting about season two and I watched every episode so um you know when when we reviewed season one we were very excited about the entire concept of a person with dissociative personality disorder who is actually father of a little kid but his other split personality is actually the kidnapper is somebody who wants to harm the kid so um i thought there was a lot of breadth to what abhishek bachchan could have done with uh with the role um and it was very exciting in this in, in series one uh, in season one but season two uh, there's nothing new added to season two number one uh, you know, when when the mask is off and he's literally he's literally moving between one dissociative identity to another dissociative identity, 
right in front of people's eyes. I don't think that's been researched properly. How can, what is the trigger for him to move in from one to other? How, is this for real? Does this really happen? I've never seen anybody with DID, you know, portray this kind of a complete, uh, you know, change in character. It just becomes another person. Right. So I don't know if they even consult a psychologist while writing their role or making making of the Shane Bachchan do that. You know, in one moment he's Avinash and then he becomes Jay quite suddenly. You know, his daughter is hugging him on his birthday. And then next moment he's he he, he wants to kill his daughter because he's Jay. And it is just it's, it's just crazy. Um, I, I thought there was no, um, there was very less meat to, uh, to season two. They had amazing actors like Amit Saad and Nitya Menon, and literally they were left with nothing to do at all. Why did they even there? It was, it was such, it was such a waste. So, Siami. Yeah, Siami Care. I mean, all of them, all of them. I, the only guy who got something to do was the Naveen guy. Yeah. I thought, I thought he did well. He comes from a TVF background and, you know, he's done all those shows and he's proven to be this really nice guy in those shows. But over here, I think he had a wide canvas to play with. He did very well. He held the series together. I, I completely agree. I think the thing that killed it the most for me is that there were so many supporting characters that could have been used to make that plot a lot stronger and they weren't. They weren't, especially because we, we don't actually even see care. A majority of the time which kind of surprised me and i was like come on on daisy's.live red white and brown and we're gonna switch gears give you guys something to look at on z5 if you all of course enjoy z5 as we do here and we're gonna look at mukbear the story of a spy which came out november 11th if i'm not wrong em. yeah Yep, it is a show and there's about i want to say like eight episodes they're all less than an hour um, it's honestly a great watch. It's a great watch. We're following this agent in, I want to say about like the 1960s and he is fully undercover as the relative of this family that's out in Lahore. And he makes his inroads into this top brass of like the Pakistani army. And they basically are trying to figure out what they're planning in their proxy war with India. So it's this undercover agent story. And it's actually incredibly fascinating because the person who plays it, who plays the main character, oh my gosh, I have never seen him before as an actor, but his ability to switch between facial expressions so quickly, like have you guys, I don't know how to explain this, but if you guys have seen um, Aishwarya Rai in her prime back in ye olden days when she was an actor, and I complimented her on that recent movie we watched with her and Thrisha from Tollywood he does the same thing this man's hidden undercover emotions are phenomenal like they're so strong but I will actually let you let M take it away because she got a chance to interview him what was he like M what was what was the whole movie experience like for him and for you so Zain Khan Durrani, as I said, um, is just a phenomenal actor by the way if you remember Akshay Kumar's Bell Bottom Remember, remember the story of a uh, of, of a uh, of a operative, a raw operative who actually brings uh, brings a kid, uh, a hijacked uh, Indian um, aircraft with passengers back from Pakistan. He managed to fly back um, out of Pakistan during the Indira Gandhi time. So this was a movie called Bell Bottom. This guy played the main hijacker 
in that movie. And I remembered watching the movie. I'm like, who is this guy? Because this guy is lethal, totally lethal. If somebody needs to be a villain, it needs to be this guy because he was, he just stood out in the cast. He stood out in a very big way. And then we get to see him in the series. And again, he is phenomenal. He, he just holds the series together with his performance. Stands in front of really amazing actors like Adil Hussain and Prakash Raj. Prakash Raj, oh my God. Never for a moment feel that he's not at par with them in, that in, in, in the entire series. So I really, uh, I interviewed him and of course, complimented him, of course. And um, at that point in time, we hadn't watched it, but we watched it the very next day because we got the pre-screeners from Z. And uh, by the time I was done with the pre-screeners, eight episodes of 40-ish minutes each, there wasn't a point, I, I didn't stop watching. You know, I couldn't take a break because it was such a, such a big binge. Um, and the main the main reason for the binge was that this guy really carried it with his performance. I want to say um, there were some scenes where he kind of did remind me of a young Prakash Raj, if I I'm, if I'm not wrong. So by the way, guys, Prakash Raj um, plays Murthy, who is the person who recruits him into the army, and so they get some moments together where they're playing off of each other's energy, and it's so crazy because they they are matching each other so well, like they're matching each other so well. It's crazy. It's an incredible watch. I won't say it's like an absolute 10 out of 10 like plot twist you just won't expect what's coming next kind of thing but the actors very much know what they're doing it's an enjoyable watch they keep you engaged and of course um it was it's, it's so well done i want to say the cinematography personally i liked it more than the recent war movies we've been seeing especially with sita ramam and then um what we saw shersha we saw major I want to say I kind of like this one just a little more. I don't know what it is about Z, but they're always very skillful about their cinematography. It was like the lighting was well done. The camera angles were well done. I think like the pacing was good more than anything. The pacing was fantastic. So no complaints. Please watch. Absolutely. And, and with, you know what, what I really missed in the movie? I'll tell you, a couple of times I thought the guzzle sequences were a, were a bit too much. I, you know, it, it just breaks the pace of a thriller. It's an espionage thriller. It just breaks your pace. That wasn't required. That woman wasn't required. I mean, it could have been the second woman wasn't required. The first woman was required because obviously that was his stepping stone into, into the army top, top brass. But the, but the second woman, I don't know what she was doing there in the first place. Uh, I mean, her role wasn't required. Her father's role wasn't required. But probably it's just to give, um, you know, uh, the Lahore society a little more holistic uh, kind of a background. What I also missed in that entire series, and this is what I have to tell you, there is a, there, there is a certain Pakistani accent and I was totally missing. Pakistanis do not speak with the same accent that Indians speak Urdu with. So I really, really, really make, miss those words, miss those accents, miss, miss the little things that happen in, that, that are very Pakistani. The way they speak, uh, the, the way uh, language is used, the accent with which the language is used, all that was highly missing. So it wasn't that localized for me as well. I, I get that. I really do get that, guys. Um, 
I will say it hits the ground running from the first episode. So it's not like, oh yeah, by like episode two, you'll understand the story, it'll pick up. No, it's like starts with a big bang. So just be ready going into it when you're watching the series that they're gonna throw a lot of information at you starting from episode one. So just keep your eyes out. Fantastic show. Again, it is on Z5 if you wanna go watch it. We're gonna give you guys something I apologize for the background noise. I'm currently in India this month. So all of our reviews are very authentic. But we're going to give you guys something that is on Sony Live. We're going to talk about Tanav. What was it about, Em? Tell us Tell us the whole three top three. Top three Whoa, you review. know, uh, you know, Tanav is supposed to be um, a adaptation of the Israeli series, Fauda. And you know how Fauda is one of the most successful Israeli series because it speaks about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict in very honest, true terms. So what they've done is they've taken the series further and they've adapted it, but they've adapted it to, to Hindi using the Kashmir example uh, instead of Israel-Palestine. It's India-Kashmir. So um, the biggest surprise for me was, of course, the cast. The cast is phenomenal. It's local. There's so many Kashmiris in the cast that it was, whoa, I love it. That was the big thing. <laughs> but um, the beauty of the show, and I'm I'm basing we're basing a review only on the six episodes that were dropped in Sony Live International because they didn't drop the entire episodes yet. But I have to go check to see if the rest of the episodes are here. I think it's around ten episodes long. Still waiting for the rest of them. Um, however, uh, this story is basically the story of a special task force. And this is the Indian Army, Indian Intelligence Task Force, situated out of Kashmir. And one fine day, they, they get a tip off from somebody that they just pick up on their rounds in Kashmir. They get a tip off that a very well-known terrorist who uh, they thought was dead, they killed, and they even attended the funeral for, is actually alive. And his name is Omar Riaz. So the head of the unit is a guy called Rator Arvaz Khan. He goes to the guy's home. The guy, the guy who had captured this terrorist is now retired, makes jams with his family in Kashmir. Uh, he's got a wife and two kids. And he goes to his house and says, I'm glad you retired, but the guy you thought you had, you had killed is still alive. So they call him back because he is the guy with the most knowledge on this terrorist. And then the process of combing down this guy, trailing all clues to where this guy could be starts. And the biggest event they have is the, the terrorist's brother's wedding. So uh, these people dress up as, uh, as, as waiters and servers and get into the wedding and try to figure out where this guy is. And while they're at the wedding, uh, they get they get uh, they get spotted by the terrorists who are there, and there is a skirmish, and the groom is killed on the day of his wedding. So that becomes a very very big issue for the locals, and over a period of time, it's shown that the locals locals are bolder, which is true. It is it is a reality when they look at the army, the entire uh, entire the entire neighborhood comes out, and you know charges at the army they don't like being uh, being surveilled and you know there's so much animosity between the two the language is very 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 um 
realistic where you know they they they, they talk about having a homeland and they call uh, the the indians those indians and our country so all that language is explored and uh, trust me if you've not been to kashmir recently trust me this is the real situation on ground in kashmir there's nothing new about it so if somebody is saying oh why did they why they're showing you this is the realistic situation as well so then a lot of characters are added to the game uh, you know and then you realize the relationship between these characters you realize the backstories the widow of uh, the girl who was supposed to get married to this guy is so pissed because her her um fiance is killed on the day of just day before the wedding that she actually reaches out to these terrorists and says tell me what i can do to avenge my husband she goes and blows up a a cafe and she kills a lot of people so 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 it's it it's a triggering at everything but whatever they've shown is extremely realistic of kashmir of today uh, apart from that what i really liked about the show what i really 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 not only liked but i absolutely loved about the show is the language Uh, remember I told you I had a problem with Mukhbir's accent. There's no problem with the Kashmiri accent here. The Kashmiris speak as Kashmiris. They, uh, they, flip, uh, they flip in and out of Kashmiri, Hindi, Urdu. And the Urdu is spoken in, in a certain way that only Kashmiris can speak Urdu in that way. Uh, it is very realistically done. And I had to give it to the director, Sudhir Mishra, for really putting this together. The script writer brilliantly put together because you need to be uh, you need to understand kashmir to write that script you really need to understand how they talk to write that script you really need to understand the words that are used to write that script and they do an extremely good job of it and you don't even need subtitles because you understand what they're trying to say very well it's very intelligently put together uh the series is hard hitting uh six episodes where i ended up really stopping what stopping to watch is when you know they finally pick up one of the re local religious leaders and hold him captive but uh the terrorists catch hold of one of the army guys and they uh, and they inject a, a bomb into his body so explodable if they, if they try to rescue him they will they will set it off so yes they they, they embed a chip into into his body which can kill him and kill people around him explodable so all of those things that are literally happening in this proxy war between india and pakistan and kashmir are so realistically put together in the show that it's almost brilliant to watch and in case you guys did not watch anything on z5 or prime or sony live guess what we'll give you netflix next we're going to review monica oh my darling and michael knows everything about that I do. I got the chance to watch this, and let me tell you, I've seen some films, I've seen some series with Rush Kumar Rao and them, but I don't think I've, like, really come to, like, really enjoy his acting, like, performances um, until I watched, like, Monica, Oh My Darling. Um, this, this series on, ne on Netflix was really, really captivating to me. So, like, to give you, like, a brief, like, you know, introduction, we have the character uh, Jay Ant, who, he's a, a tech robotics nerd, and he's really has this like rags to riches story very smart guy came from nothing and eventually rose up into this tech company that he works with and he's even engaged to the 
daughter of the CEO of his company. Now, this guy, he has a lot going on behind the background as well because he has some relationship going on with like the secretary of that CEO as well. Uh, not, you know, on really good terms with his fiance, his brother. Uh, so there's this whole family dynamic uh, um, that ends up happening. Well, pretty much there's a string of murders that happen within the company and he becomes the prime, you know, the prime suspect. And so this series is just kind of, I guess I would like best categorize it as like a whodunit type, uh, you know, murder mystery. I, I found the dialogue in this to be, you know, quite captivating. You know, there were some bits of humor in there that, you know, landed very, very well. Um, as well as that, I was on the edge of my seat, you know, kind of the entire time. It was really just navigating this web of like relationships within a certain company um, and just showing how like, you know, some people's true colors come out in these times whenever there's murders going on at the company. It, it, one thing I will say about this is that like it, it, it was very, very kind of like, it, it's, it's something where you see like a lot of clicks within like kind of like this inner, inner circle mentality within um, the company. I thought it was all right. Um, I also thought too that like it was strung out a little too long for my liking, um, you know, episode by episode. But nonetheless, like I think like Rajkumar Rao was like probably the one that like really took this whole series home. I think he was the perfect, you know, choice to put into like this techie role, you know, like, like someone who can like spread their arms wide and just kind of like, you know, I guess live life like he was a tech nerd but he was also like you know he had a lot of things going for him he had a lot of you know interesting like relationships going on as well so i think um i think having him was just great he he performed very well in this and um you know couldn't really have seen it without another actor so i have to tell you i absolutely love the movie it's a riot um, it is, of course, um, I don't know if you knew this, but it's based on a book uh, called, um, it's it actually really? inspired by a Kigo, uh, Higashimo book um, called, uh, it's a story called Buratasu ni Shinzao. It's a Japanese uh, story. And um, it's, it's such a noir comedy that it really fits that, it fits into, in, into the box so well. Um, I absolutely loved a few things about it. I loved Rajkumar Rao and this entire, you know, how he's trying to get out of it and how he just can't get out of it. <laughs> yeah. So that's one part of the thing. The second thing I, I, I think another thing, this this kind of like compliments Rajkumar Rao, but like just how he like interacts with a lot of the characters as well. It's like each little side character had their own little story you could dive into. Like it didn't matter if it was like a janitor or if it was like some executive like everyone had a small little backstory that you could dive into and you know it was just like we we're just watching Rajkumar Rao just like react that 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 was the that was what was really funny about it is there were just a lot of it wasn't necessarily like you know he was giving off a lot of you know comedic lines it was more of he was just reacting to what was happening in the film and which was kind of just situationally funny you know as it was and I don't know what you felt about that no, absolutely. It, it was just so well put together. And, you know, this is Vasan Bala, Bala, who's actually worked with a lot more noir directors before. He's It's so intelligently put together also. The entire inspiration is so intelligently put together. The second thing that I really liked about the movie was the music. Most of the music is Adi Berman inspired, but the, the way they've redone the music is, um, oof, 
my God, I loved it. I love the track, uh, Adi Berman old track, Monica, oh my darling uh, track, uh, Pia Tu Ab Tu Aja. Just loved how it's written. And then I realized that the guy who actually did the background score for 1992, the scam, Harshad Malhotra. Remember, I used to love that tune a lot. The entire background score of that show on Sony Live was just brilliant. It's the same guy, Ajit Tucker, who has redone all the Adi Bhavan tunes for this movie. And I connected the dots. Yeah, That's I'll another say, bit of trivia. I'll say that Netflix has been doing a pretty good job recently with some of the film, like with some of the Indian films that they've been coming out with. You know, we, re we review a lot each week. And, you know, recently, at least, Netflix has been very consistent with putting out some pretty good content, as well as, like, good music, too. And that's definitely one thing to note on, like, it's not just, like, good music that they're inserting into the movies, but it's also, like, well-timed. Like, you know, one thing for me, this is something that I had, you know, no clue about until I started watching, you know, Bollywood movies, but, like, music is a very integral part of the films and everything. And But one thing I noticed right off the bat is, like, if it's not placed well, it can just, it can just really just mess up the whole momentum of, of a movie. Um, Netflix has done a pretty good job with their placements of the songs, I would say. And we just finished reviewing Monica, Oh My Darling, which is out on Netflix. And we're going to switch gears and give you the last medium because that's all we can really give you right now. We're going to finally give you something to watch in theaters. M is going to tell you guys all about Unchai. Well, Unchai, you know, if you know Suraj Barjatia, the house is Suraj Barjatia, Raj Shri Productions, uh, most of the movies are family movies that you can watch with, you know, your uncle and aunties. And, you know, normally when these movies would uh, would um, would release in theaters, uh, 20 people would go together to watch these movies. And I see that happening with Unchai right now. Everybody in my friend's circle, everybody in the extended circle and their uncles and aunties are literally buying hordes of tickets to go watch this movie together. And this is this is that kind of a movie. So um, first day first show, the hall was half booked. So you can only imagine that, um, you, you can only imagine how many people are interested in this because over the last one and a half years, we've literally been going to empty theaters. You know, sometimes it's me and Bobby McGee. Sometimes it's just me. So, <laughs> so and Michael. So uh, we've seen that happen. And all of a sudden, you see all the families walk out and, you know, watch the movie, which is a great feeling. Uh, this is a story of four friends. Bupen, who's played by the quintessential Danny Denzo, first. so, so handsome even now. Uh, he must be in his 70s, I guess. Um, he looks amazing. Uh, Javed played by Boman Irani. Om played by Anupam Kher. And then Amit played by Amitabh Bachchan. And these are four childhood friends. They've been friends for over 50 years. They know everything about each other. And yet, they don't know a lot about each other. And, you know, the thickest thieves, they... They, they, they don't do anything without the other, and they're literally into each other's lives. And uh, what, uh, they meet, they, they, they have to go for a birthday party, and it's Bupen's birthday. So they go celebrate the birthday, and the very next day, they find him dead in bed. Um, he's had a cardiac arrest, and he's gone. And before he's gone, he's, uh, his love of his life is, you know, climbing the Everest because he came from Nepal. So he left for them um, 
trekking tickets, tickets to trek to the Everest base camp. And he wanted them to go with him. And he, he, the, the tickets were two months from the day that he died. So the guys decide that, um, okay, we can go yet. Let's do it for a friend. We got, they cremate him and they don't uh, spread his ashes in Benares. They decide that they're going to spread his ashes in the Himalayas at the Everest base camp. So they start planning it. Now, um, Javed has a wife who's very clingy and that's Nina Gupta, guys. <laughs> so um, they can't tell her that she, she that he's climbing to the Everest base camp because she's very clingy. She'll completely spoil their plans. So they kind of plan some. They're very naughty. They kind of lie to her and they decide um, what to do. They start training. They get their tests done. The doctor tells them what to do, what not to do. And they start off, they, they, they train for two months and then they hire a car and they start driving from Delhi to Kathmandu, where, you know, the trek to the Everest base camp is going to start. While driving, they have to stop at a couple of places. They stop at their daughter's place, Javedin, uh, and uh, I think her name is Shabana, the daughter's place. And they realize the daughter has her own plans and they don't fit into the daughter's plans. So they can't, they can't drop the wife there. So they take the wife to... Uh, another town, Gorakhpur, where Om's family and his and his, you know, his entire ancestral places. They realize those relatives also don't want Om. They kind of very disappointed with everything. Yet they reach uh, Everest Base Camp, and that's where uh, the wife comes to know that these guys are planning to trek all the way seventeen thousand feet and around uh, five days of uh, of a hike. So she gets angry with them, and she. Uh, she decides to take her husband back, um, but the other two decide that they're still going to climb, but this guy can't walk away. So he apologizes to his wife and says, I know I love you a lot, but if I don't do this, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to feel rotten my entire life. I'm not going to feel okay because this is my friend after all. So he joins his friend on the hike and this is a hike around 15 other people and most of them are young. These are the only three um, um, old people, and then a woman joins them, um, and that's Sarika. And then later they realize who the woman is. The woman is actually Bhupen's love, childhood love. And he had even bought her a ticket for the Everest Space Camp. And she lies, she's married to somebody else, and you know, she lies at home and she turns up for this hike as well, just for him. So now there are these four people that are like in their late 60s apparently you, you know Mr. Bachchan is in his 80s and he just doesn't look a year over, over 60 but uh, so they start hiking and then you know the the the, the entire uh, it's pretty funny because the younger people on the hike are getting pulled back by the fact that these people can't walk and they don't listen and you know all these things happen and Pariniti Chopra is the leader is the team leader of the hike and she's taking the group uh, up to Everspace Camp and the entire story from there is how they actually climb um, and it's very beautifully woven together it's it's a lot of backstories it's a lot of relationships it's a lot of secrets coming out and uh, by the time they reach the Everest base camp uh, you know they carry uh, the friends there and uh, you know they they spread his ashes while looking at the Everest the photography is phenomenal, phenomenal, especially when you when you watch the Himalayas of God, it it hits you. If you you know you wonder what you're doing. You wonder what you're doing inside your room in front of a if in front of a screen 
that was my first thought is why am I in front of a screen 24 hours a day when you know this is out there it's beautifully shot beautifully shot so uh, highly recommended it's another Rajshree home run um, amazing story you will cry you will laugh you will get engaged the music is not all that great guys but you know and that's a big question mark because normally Burjatia music's music is always great uh, that's the hallmark of the movies but I think it's a new 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 direction of storytelling that Burjatia has undertaken they've made a movie after a very long time um you know when when the show scenes between the older uh, the new the, the younger generation and the older people they don't sermonize it's not preachy um they 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 take they take the opinion off and the point of view of the younger generation in consideration and they they don't create a story where you know the the old people are reprimanding the young people uh, for for being callous or not respecting them or you know, filial piety and all those things so all of those things haven't been um put forefront at all and i thought that was a big relief i thought the writing was really good that way and absolutely loved it and with that wraps up our five show movie episode. We have given you guys five different options on five different platforms. And if none of those tickles your fancy, then you can always head on over to Daisies.live to just read the reviews. Or you can head on over to at Daisies Live Graham on Instagram or at Daisies Live on Facebook and Twitter to once again, see the shortened version of every review because we give you multiple options over here. So it, with that, we are going to close this episode of Red, White, and Round with Live with Shreya, Mira, and Michael on Radio Zindagi, 1550 AM. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Everybody.